and welcome to Three Things with Maggie and Mike. My name is Mike Gagino. My name is Maggie Sirota. It's three things because it's all we have room for in our heads. <laughs> Tiny cranium. Tiny cranium. Tiny craniums for big thoughts? I don't know. Big thoughts. You got a kid that takes up a, you know, a lot of room in the head, the noggin. Baby brain is a real thing. I forget shit all the time now. <laughs> Oh, man. I literally constantly have to ask myself, what am I doing at any given time during the day? Like, what am I doing? What was I just doing right now? What am I doing right now? Do you just walk in, into another room and forget? I just, I just forget. I don't even walk into another room. <laughs> wow, incredible. <laughs> in the same room, I forget. Parenthood, everyone. <laughs> oh, wait. Before we get into my first thing, I want to do yeah. this, this thing. So me and Sarah are watching this uh, Netflix show. Unbelievable. Okay. It's unbelievable. Because uh, un- every episode ends, you're just like, unbelievable. Like EMF. Oh! <laughs> I don't know. Big opportunity that they missed. Yeah. To license that song. <laughs> but uh, the director is Michael Dinner. Yeah. And I was thinking, like, I know you'll be good at this. Uh, oh, God. To come up with, like, a punny review uh-huh. Of Michael Dinner's work. Okay. <laughs> like, Michael D- Dinner really serves up a hot plate of drama. <laughs> <laughs> you can call me anything. Don't call me late to Michael Dinner. <laughs> I don't, yeah, that's hard. I'm... It's kind of not that hard because it's like, um, M- Michael Dinner. <laughs> Michael Dinner lets mm. the the thick and hearty stew of plot like thicken <laughs> until until finally you get an all you can eat buffet filled with drama and suspense. Wow. <laughs> What's on the menu tonight? Why <laughs> my seven courses of mystery. Should cook me up a steaming hot plate of drama. <laughs> I don't know. It's his, he probably gets that all the time. He's like, come on, man. Yeah. I'm a director, not a chef. I get you No, know, he's like, I get it. I get it. My name is the same as a meal you eat every night. <laughs> I get it. It's been pointed out. Ha, ha, ha. Let's have our laugh. Like, he's probably yeah. doing that thing. Like, in... <laughs> I guess it's better. It's, like, more classy than being named, like, Jimmy Breakfast or something. <laughs> Jimmy Breakfast. <laughs> Jimmy Breakfast sounds awesome. I would like to hang out with Jimmy Breakfast. Jimmy Breakfast is, like, an AD, though. Or, like, a... Yeah. Jimmy breakfast is definitely has a breakfast beer with his breakfast. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's an adult. But he's like a grip. He's not like a director. Okay, okay. <laughs> Michael Dinner is a director, you know. Are the grips just like living hard? Are they like the rock stars of the uh, film production world? Grip, they're like the most important position of the day. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so like Jimmy breakfast is perfect, a perfect grip. Oh my God. <laughs> what about like... Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know. What's a good uh, Bridget Lunch? No, no, no. Bridget Lunch is like some well, secretary. Well, Lydia Lunch is a um, Lydia Lunch, a punk rock icon filmmaker. Yeah, actually, how come is there musician? We, this is maybe for next week. We could find if there's any punny reviews of Lydia Lunch. Oh. <laughs> like, <laughs> Like, if there's any music you can call delicious, it's served up by Lydia Lunch. Okay, I'm going to regret saying this. Yes. But, um... <laughs> Please, then I definitely want to hear No, that. so, like, I, we just you just brought back some memories of, like, just long car rides with my dad. Mm-hmm. And he would just, like... He's got she... a lot of dad jokes. 
No, but you know how like dads like to work blue sometimes and just get really gross. Oh yeah. So um, usually that's when he would just ask me if I knew what certain terms were. But for example, it's like, you know, like, <laughs> but like, but it was always like, hey, Mag, do you know what a Cleveland steamer is? And then like, that's well, how old were you? <laughs> probably like in high, like thirteen maybe. That's young. Yeah. <laughs> that's too young to know what a Cleveland steamer is. And so then hot lunch was the one that always stuck in my head, and. It, <laughs> Hot Lunch like, is a oh, great director. That. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just like... I was He's a DJ. Yeah. But it's just like a captive audience. It's like, Dad, can you be like a little less you today? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I don't know if I'm not going to... I don't think I'll ever ask my daughter what a hot lunch is. <laughs> she knows what that is. I'm just yeah, like... Yeah, no. It's like, well, you're already I guess doing... it was pre-internet, so yeah. maybe it's, he it just was wanted a different me, time. Yeah, like you wanted me to know. Like, just have yeah. all the facts. <laughs> She'll be like, Dad, what's a dirty Sanchez? You have the internet. Don't talk to me about it ever again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this ends here. My dad must be so upset. Now kids can just go to the internet and not to him to find out like what a Cleveland <laughs> steamer like, is. You kids, I got all the, the <laughs> terms here. Show like, me. What am I going to do? Just like <laughs> fucking watch Walker, Texas Ranger? Uh, <laughs> yell at my dog. Is, is that one of He denies it. He definitely made me either watch that or Nash Bridges during one weekend oh, visit. And then he denies it. Like, I never watched Nash Bridges. That motherfucker, I watched Nash Bridges with you. Do you know what a Nash Bridge is? No. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just saying. I just. <laughs> maybe it's like a. Do you know what a Walker, Texas Ranger is? Oh God, no! It's like it's like, like you you take a dump in a, like a cowboy hat and then put the cowboy hat on your head and then, and then he acts around. in a show and then call him Chuck Norris. Yeah, exactly. And then like <laughs> Haley Joel Osment guest stars and <laughs> oh boy, yeah. All right, uh, let's get into it. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. I'm really excited. I want to play a President Trump clip. Oh, good. I don't get enough of that every day. He's Still just didn't, he's not a very smart man. It's really <laughs> wild how he just like man. he sounds like a dude yelling at pigeons at the bus stop and then like everyone has to pretend like he's Yeah. Intelligent and in control and not sundowning and rational. <laughs> so I have <laughs> a capable. theory. Yeah. I have a theory. Sure. Um I think that paper straws were invented by right wingers. Okay. As a conspiracy to um uh, delegitimize environmentalists. Okay, all right. Well, following me here. Well, I'm glad you have the chalkboard right there. You could, <laughs> that helps. I mean, do, can the mics pick up the chalkboard when you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, chalkboard uh, effect. <laughs> <laughs> and then we go to literally. No, there's not much to the conspiracy, but like, okay, you've had a paper straw, right? Yes. They're terrible. They like melt in your drink yeah. and you maybe can drink something for like a minute. Okay. So if you want to drink it later, you mm -hmm. just got to get a new straw. So. Or you can just sip it like an adult. Yeah. I mean, you can sip stuff. Like a sophisticated adult. I, <laughs> I mean, I know how cups work. <laughs> what I'm saying is like, uh, we had this system where right. we had straws and mm -hmm. they worked well, but now we have straws that don't work well, mm -hmm. but... I think it's just one of those things because it's like right wingers have like complained about this too much. Like the pres uh, presidential Trump's campaign mm -hmm. had a whole thing about 
uh, he sold them plastic straws, and you can buy like ten plastic straws. Oh, for like, for like fifteen dollars. <laughs> yeah. That's an incredible grift. I will. Yeah, give, yeah. I mean, it's like the ultimate grift, which leads me to believe. Own that, the like, libs by paying fifteen dollars to a grifter for straws. It's just it's it's mind boggling that this is uh, a thing. Right. But that leads me to believe that paper straws mm-hmm. are this conspiracy. So when when people want to be like. Global warming isn't real. They can just be like paper straws. Paper straws don't work. So why should we like reduce carbon, like uh, carbon emissions? Okay. <laughs> you know that's okay. like the way the you know these people think about yeah. things. So it's just like, well, paper straws don't work. So why would an electric car work? Okay. All right. Wait, I, I see. I see where you're going. I'm I'm ready to follow you down this path. This <laughs> so hang, hang on. Let me let me play this clip uh, mm-hmm. here. Here we go. I do think we have bigger problems than plastic straws. You know, it's interesting about plastic straws. So you have a little straw, but what about the plates, the wrappers and everything else that are much bigger and they're made of the same material? So uh, the straws are interesting. Everybody focuses on the straws. There's a lot of other things to focus. But it's God, an that's an adult, it's an interesting man. Question. Yeah, so what about the other things? things that are made out of plastic that get thrown out maybe they get made out of something else um, maybe we, maybe they don't get made out of you just don't use disposable things yeah maybe we could just think of a really good system that reduces mm-hmm. waste uh-huh that works across the board right you know i don't know but it's like i don't trust that man to do it mm-hmm. because it's like they focus on like him and all these other like morons like focus on this like minutia well it's kind of funny it's Weird how the right, they've kind of made it this weird culture war. Like, um, that dude, libertarian dude, David French. Um, oh, God, yeah. I forget which publication. Is he New York Times? or No, 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 no. Okay, no. The other He's, David. You're thinking of David Brooks. Who's, yeah, that's David a whole Brooks. other thing. But A um, whole other but he, bag like, of plastic straws. But he was just talking about, I think he tweeted, he's like from one of those like crappy far right like magazines that are funded by a think tank or whatever. But um, he was tweeting about how he got a plastic straw at a barbecue joint in Dallas. Uh-huh. He's like, the culture war, I will no longer be polite. This, the, I draw the line here. And I'm trying to imagine like that's what you're acting like a tough guy over. Like that's what these nerds act like Rambo over. Exactly. That's what I'm saying though. <laughs> that's why this is a conspiracy because it's all about these small things that don't matter that right. like, divide us, you know, whoever, the liberals in New mm-hmm. York City from like the real country American mm-hmm. folk. It's a straw. It's like not a real thing. It's not a real issue. Uh-huh. But it's like you can put it on Fox News. The president can like yell at a straw all he wants all day long. <laughs> it's really interesting because there's plastic, other things that are plastic around the straw. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, uh, just, you know, there's the whole, the bigger picture here, mm-hmm. which we keep trying to talk about. And then right. they're just like, but the straws. It's like the bigger picture is, no, we're producing yeah. waste. Yeah. Like it's, it's like, like we're producing things that are just uh, taking waste and are going to. Or just like oil yeah. is an obsolete technology. It's so yeah. hard to get out of the ground. We're using combustion engines that are yeah. 150 years old, and they want to talk about straws. It's like, yeah. no, you need to devise a new system yeah. that works better, that doesn't emit 
as much carbon. It's just like really simple. Or just do things that, that biodegrade or don't do as much. There's like biodegradable straws out mm. there that work way better, mm-hmm. like bamboo ones and stuff that work better than uh, mm-hmm. than a paper straw. Yeah. So nice metal like, straws are good. Yeah, metal straws. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That, okay, so I'm going to even go bigger picture than you right now and uh-huh. say that I... I'm jealous of the fact that that guy can say the craziest shit and people will just like, yes, send him. (laughs) Yeah. It's because he's rich. It's just like this rich people thing. Yeah. I can experience it all the time at work. Like there's these like wealthy, powerful people who just Mm -hmm. have like titles or a lot of money Mm -hmm. and then they can just come on set and say whatever they want. (laughs) Or it's like the stars of reality. It's like you're a reality television star. They just say whatever they want and people eat it up. And it's like, I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> this is this is also getting too big picture here. Yeah, which is like we as human beings are just like so distracted by the shiny thing. And it's like, <laughs> meanwhile, there's like experts and people who study things their whole lives. And yeah, they won't listen to them, dude. If you ever want to have your mind blown, you should watch Fox and Friends in the morning. Oh God, I mean, I don't know. Is mind blown the right word for that? Um, uh, or mind flushed? Your mind bleed. <laughs> if you want to make your mind bleed, watch Fox and Friends. <laughs> I I have. I've shot stuff for Fox and Fox. Oh, really? The three yeah. dumbest motherfuckers alive on a couch every morning. I have a, uh, I have a story about Fox and Friends I should share with you. Maybe I'll just share it now on this one. Okay. All right. Please. So I was supposed to go shoot uh, a live shot of mm-hmm. a dog that atta- like attacked this gardener mm-hmm. who was an illegal immigrant. Okay. So uh, the they sent us there to do the live shot because they wanted to put the dog to sleep and mm-hmm. the kids and the family wanted the dog not to be put to sleep. They okay. Said, Please don't put our dog to sleep. So we get there at the five in the morning, set up. So the- how are they vilifying the guy who got bit? Because he's obviously, he's an immigrant. So he's got, so he's, he's the villain here, obviously. The normal, friends. normal adult people news was like, uh, Gardner gets hospitalized by a dog, yeah. settles for a quarter of a million dollars. Uh-huh. The Gardner moves back to Mexico mm-hmm. and, and, you know, the guy almost died. Yeah. Like the dog yeah. almost, is a two-year-old German Shepherd, almost killed this guy. Yeah. I mean, I'm a, honestly, a quarter of a million dollars sounds kind of low. Yeah. For... So it was in like Princeton, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. So Fox picks up the story and they're like, this dog is a hero. This dog should be on the border patrol. Because well, it tried to kill an immigrant? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my God! This is where we were at. This wasn't even in the Trump era too. This was years and this is over 10 years ago, probably at this point. But yeah, it's still the Roger Ailes era of... So, yeah. My uncle, who was the cameraman at the time, uh-huh. we set up a live shot, talking mm-hmm. to the studio. He sees a, a, you know, a light that he needs mm-hmm. to adjust behind the family. They're sitting on a couch, dogs in front of them. Mm-hmm. He walks over to the light, adjusts the light. Dog fixates on my uncle mm-hmm. and just, he, my uncle takes one more step and the dog rushes at him. And luckily he was wearing baggy pants because he rips out the crotch of his pants. Mm-hmm. I mean, just wow. like, rawr, 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 rawr. Sounds Finally, like this dog is dangerous. The dog was taller than me on his hind legs, two-year-old German Shepherd. So we are like scared shitless. Uh-huh. So the family calms the dog down, puts it in like the, a back room, and then we uh, go live. Uh-huh. Fox and like the Fox and Friends directors yelling at us in our headsets like, where the fuck is that dog? <laughs> and we're just like, the dog. Dog's is trying to good. murder my uncle. Yeah. So it was it was really weird. They tried to offer us all types of things. We were like professionals back then, so we were just like, well, you know, we we're not gonna talk about this because we want to still work. work. Yeah. 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 Which you know, 
kind of goes back to that Weinstein thing, which is why probably why everybody, we're just like, I just want to work and make my money. Yeah, yeah, so exactly. terrible things happen when people just need to make money. Yeah, yeah. And terrible things happen when people need to maintain power. It's true. So let's move on to the next thing. Sure. All right, so that's so good. It's the Halloween season. Yes. And you, uh, I'm really jealous. Okay. You got to see the Misfits at uh, Madison Square Garden. For the se- this is the second time I've seen the Misfits. The original Glenn Danzig. Yes. God yeah. damn you! Where'd you see them at? Like uh, Chicago Riot Fest. I got work to send me. Oh man, God bless. Yeah. So Jesus Christ, it's so good. But this time I could actually see because I wasn't standing in a field. So uh, you could actually because you're up, yeah. Yeah, but um, so I've seen every iteration of Glenn Danzig's bands. I've seen Danzig. I've seen Sam Hain, uh-huh. and now Misfits twice. Oh, you've seen Sam Hain? Yeah, they That's did that impressive. tour, like that 30th anniversary tour, I think a couple of years ago. Oh wow! And I got to go backstage for that one. Oh, it's so cool. Yeah, yeah. Did you interview him from uh, interview him for work or something? I. Had interviewed Glenn Danzig years ago, but it didn't end well, and he ended up cursing at me. Okay. Um, that's in the Village Voice, if anyone wants to look that up. But um, <laughs> but no, I was just like a plus one at Sam Hain, and um, my Dan, it was Daniel Ralston. Yeah. Uh, my butt, my buddy. You and, did your old podcast with. Yes. Yeah. And um, he met. He was just in, the, in a diner somewhere and just ran into. Was talking to this dude, and it was London May from. Whoa, cool. Yeah, and so we, we got to go backstage, and I got to meet Glenn Danzig's nephew. Danzig's <laughs> nephew. You, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when I was on the way back, like the, I had dudes like, like asking me if I could bring in like records for him them to sign and all. That's pretty cool. But um, I did not, and I was also, I got out of there before Danzig came out because like, our interview did not go well, and then he complained. His manager complained to my editor about me. <laughs> what are you asking him? Okay, so I just asked him, like, what kind of cat food do you, you buy? <laughs> no, I probably should have. I mean, I mean, I think like he's not. He was. I've interviewed him twice. He's never been easy to talk to. He but, doesn't um, seem like it. Yeah, but um, so I kind of like. There's the thing when you're a journalist, so you kind of save the kind of easy softball questions at the top, and then. Mm-hmm kind of the asshole question, the tough question, you save for the end. So like when you they get out when you when you ask it. Yeah. Well that no that, but it's like if they hang up on you or yell at you, you already have enough to write a story that Right, right. So if it turns and you know, just kind of like you try to establish a rapport, but it's always impossible for me to establish a rapport with him. Right. Um but um so I asked him about that remark he made about how he does he do I does he think it's alienating to his gay fans that he called him? Um, he described Hugh Jackman's Wolverine performance as gay. Uh-huh. Like, I wouldn't have played it that gay or something. I forget what the quote is. Uh-huh. That doesn't make sense. But I asked him about it, and he did not appreciate it. <laughs> but then I also heard him, like, during the, at the Sam, Sam Hain show, he also, like, threw someone out and called them the F-slur. Okay. So I was like, okay, all right, I see what's happening. I mean, this kind of, like... I feel like he's just kind of a Jersey Guido. Yeah, he's, Guido. he has really bad politics. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm yeah. sure. But the thing is, like, a lot of the people, singers and musicians that I love from, like, yeah. back in the day probably yeah. could, not, could not spend a lot of time with. Right, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, Glenn Danzig, like, in his heart is like a Fox News grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> but he just writes such great songs. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it's kind of funny. So, I mean, it was really fun, like, just to see all of Madison Square Garden singing along to, like, some kind of hate. Like, the whole place going, whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, that's so awesome. Oh, whoa, whoa. Don't sue me. <laughs> <laughs> So that we already played a clip, so I, but, I mean, yeah, they have these giant pumpkins on the stage, and it's like, dude, I'm watching the pumpkins. I'm thinking, you know, like any minute, a 64 year old man's gonna run out between two pumpkins. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Between two pumpkins, the Glenn Danzig story. It's like I. <laughs> Did the pumpkins have faces? Yeah, little <laughs> mean, little scary faces. Yeah, they were cute. <laughs> That's Sarah, my wife, with the pointed question. Associate producer Sarah. Were they jack o' lanterns? <laughs> um yeah well they have to be jack-o'-lanterns they can't just be pumpkins and let what's you know yeah this is not a cooking show this is halloween <laughs> this, is, this is misfits yeah <laughs> you remember it's halloween <laughs> but it's just kind of funny when he's singing you know just like when you actually like think about how silly some of the lyrics are when he's singing like we're teenagers from mars and we don't care it's like well no sir you're 64 years old yeah, yeah. You're a, <laughs> you're a senior citizen from Mars. Like, he is legitimately older than my dad. That's something I remind my dad of every oh, wow. birthday, that Glenn Danzig is older than him. <laughs> I mean, he's still going. Yeah. He's still got a good voice. Yeah. I saw him, because I saw him maybe a decade ago with my brother. Right. And it was just Danzig, and he was awesome. Yeah. No, he puts on a show. He's running around high-fiving everyone. It was so cool, and yeah. he and you know, uh, it was I had cool. A terrible migraine at that show. Yeah, my wife got a terrible migraine at that show, <laughs> but um, hopefully, but she has good memories of it. <laughs> <laughs> I was amazed that the audience was able to uh, know every like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they knew when they were coming, and everyone, yeah. Which a, leads me to believe they are not improvised. He remembers where all the he's go. Well, I mean, a really fun one to sing along at a show is um, How the Gods Kill. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a fun one. Oh, that so one is a really kind of tailor-made for karaoke, and it's never it's not on any of the places I go. It's really frustrating. Oh, yeah. Um, okay, so the next thing I want to talk about is, mm -hmm. this is just a short little thing, but I went to, okay. I went to a baby class. Oh, baby class. Yeah, last week, and it was uh, kind of amazing. Mm -hmm. um, in both that it was very funny mm -hmm. and cute, but it was also, like, very informative. Like, okay. the, the woman taught me. This This woman is, like, this gray-haired, yeah. like, um, you know, sort of, like, older hippie mama warrior, Gaia mm -hmm. queen woman. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Women who run with the wolves. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And she was so happy to have, like, a dad in her class. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. And 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 I was one of two Americans in the class. Uh -huh. So she kept going around, you know, pointing this out, being like, "Every the, we have the whole world is here. Everyone from every country, we're representing with our babies. And you get to do these cute things. Like, this is... Um, uh, First of all, we were, we were doing this thing where it was like we would grab, uh, mm -hmm. you know, maybe our baby's knees or something and do okay. like a bicycle move. Okay. And she was like, make sure you say you're grabbing their knee and then you grab their knee because what 
you know, what kind of people don't do what they say? Damn. And then this woman was like, politicians. <laughs> and she was like, oh my yes, God. politicians. <laughs> and I was Whoa. like, what did I get into here? <laughs> so then we're doing that. We're singing the bicycle song. We're like, bicycle, bicycle, making the baby do little bicycle. It was so cute. Uh-huh. And she was just like, oh, I see you're a queen fan. Like, because I was singing the song, like, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> what it should be sang. Um, but my baby, of course, had a meltdown at the very last second of class. So how old is your baby? My baby is uh, almost four months old. Wow, new dad. Yeah, your yeah. first baby, for people that don't know. This is my first baby. Her name is Theodora. She's oh, adorable. Very cute. Okay. But uh, it was a fun class. That was really all I wanted to say about it. But it was really informative. But this woman was just like a character. Yeah, I mean. Like a Portlandia character or something, you know. <laughs> I mean, something you told me is like, like you said you're having a lot of fun being a dad, which is a cool thing to hear. Yeah, it's so much fun. Mm. Like, uh, like once your kid starts like giggling and laughing, mm -hmm. you feel like you're the funniest person on earth. Oh, yeah? But literally all I do to her is I just go like, bleh. And then she's just like, <laughs> oh my God, that's amazing. Do it again. Do it. You know. <laughs> it's the cutest thing. The best thing in the world. An easy crowd. She's neat. She is like the easiest crowd that you could ever want. Yeah. <laughs> like comedian. There should have be baby comedians. Like you're out with your friends and you're like, yeah. And you're like, guys, this kills at home. Yeah. There should be <laughs> like, like, a, like blowing a spit, you're like blowing spit bubbles at the table. You're like, yeah. why aren't you guys laughing? This is <laughs> this is great stuff. Like, yeah, like baby stand-ups wouldn't have jokes. They would just be like Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> like you just found, you find like a fun new noise yeah. to make of your mouth. <laughs> kid, oh man, kid, you would kill. You would be like. That's like, I think, feel like blowing raspberries is probably equivalent to like working blue. With oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's getting in risque. Like. Yeah, yeah. Doing a raspberry on a baby. That's basically, yeah, yeah. That's like Andrew Dice Clay, but <laughs> Andrew Dice Clay of baby, baby comedy. Like, so I guess maybe clowns are like baby com comics. Hmm. No, I don't know, because maybe people, older people like clowns, too. I don't know. Why do people, knowing how scary clowns are, and yeah. just being around Halloween, why do people still hire clowns to do children's parties? Like, shouldn't people know better now? I don't know. I think it's like you can dress as a clown, but not scary. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I don't, I mean, right? I mean, do, are there examples of, of clowns now that aren't? Because I feel like, like clowns, like only exist in the culture now is like either horror devices or yeah super or they're subversive in some way or like the idea of like bozo the clown doesn't have it like a non-threatening clown i think doesn't exist really right now in the but culture, bozo's like if you saw a picture of bozo i think you would not be scary if because like, even the circus is like an antiquated yeah. concept yeah where you just torture animals and yeah people <laughs> yeah <laughs> applause oh Wait, let, well, okay, we're getting <laughs> off the track here. <laughs> Let's move on to the next thing. Okay. Okay, so... That segues into our next subject. The dulcet tones of uh, Fred Durst. Um, Limp Biscuit. Limp Biscuit, yes. So you found a... Oh, okay, so for people that don't know, I work at Spin. That's my day job. 
and um, which some of you may remember was a magazine at one point. Um, and so I read old issues sometimes because we have a lot of archival content, really fun to kind of sit around and read. And I found this letter to the editor, I think November 1999 issue of Spin. So I guess um, Spin had just run a cover story on Limp Bizkit. And let's see what this fan or a former fan has to say. <clears throat> Gotta get into Kinamai. Yeah, you're yeah. biscuit. Excellent biscuit. Gotta get into character here. I have been a fan of Limp Biscuit since 1997 when they were playing heavy underground music for hardcore fans. Uh, I will just I will say we just heard a track from their first album called okay. Stink Finger. Okay. When they were playing heavy underground music. Okay, yes. All right. Great. Even though I admire <laughs> Great. Great. Even though I admire Durst's ambition, his new pop means popular attitude makes me want to smash my copy of Significant Other into pieces. He has traded raw and honest music for radio-friendly singles, MTV appearances, and perky groupies with glitter makeup and pink pagers. Pink pagers? Pink pagers. Was that a thing? Like, apparently you were a slut if you had a pink pager. I don't know. Oh, Jesus. I mean, not that I advocate the term slut, but I'm just saying like in this... In, yeah. the, in the late 90s, you definitely were. Yeah. <laughs> Just, you know, kind of to, to yes. trying to get into the um, interior logic of this letter. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm in there. I'm okay. closing my eyes. and Fred can take his corporate ego and his new mainstream fans and stick it up as yeah. Fred has turned, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fred has turned counterfeit and embraced those who wouldn't give him the time of day after $3 bill, y'all, was released. Aaron Ca Callahan. Aaron scathing. Well, it's kind of great because it took like Twitter all of five minutes to find Aaron Callahan, and now uh, she's a YA author. Oh she, my god, that's amazing. <laughs> she's great. No, she's really funny. But she um, apparently like she went on to like get into indie rock and like Sleater Kinney after this. Ah, uh, okay. But it's saw the light. It's, yeah, but this is kind of funny. She was like, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I thought you were waiting to like say. So I thought you were like. No, I was about to say I'm gonna go pump. Oh, okay, okay. I thought you had something to interject. Pump some brass Um. So wait, let me play some Nookie so we can really yeah. see what she's talking about. Yeah, but I mean, she kind of, I mean, she appreciates the fact that this is kind of a fun time capsule. This. Uh... Man, what, what a sellout. <laughs> I don't know. I can't I believe Durst um, gave up all those ideals he was famous for. I don't know. I, sorry, let me just skip ahead and go. Because he like raps more? Is that I, I think it's. I think it might have to do with the cover of Faith. I don't. The I can't. I can't like. That's right. They did that. I can't pretend to understand the mind of a seventeen-year-old Limp Bizkit fan. Looking back yeah. 20 years, I literally cannot tell the difference between 1997 Limp Bizkit and 1999 yeah. with this. But it's kind of a fun, like, because I can kind of, I mean, I like this letter because I can see the girl, like, the angry girl, like, pounding away on her parents, like, giant computer, like, the big monitor. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, she's, like, on product. Dial up. <laughs> yeah, she's on dial up. Her, her mom's like, I want to make a phone call. And she's like, wait a minute, mom, I'm angry about Limp Bizkit. Fred Durst sold me out. <laughs> Fred who? <laughs> Shut up, Mom. <laughs> but it kind of brings me back to that time where it's like, 
being a music fan as a teenager and your big concern is like, I don't want the jocks to like what I like. Yeah, this is I, mine. This is just for me and my weirdo friends. Yeah, but once something gets popular, the yeah. jocks always like what you like. Yeah. Something I mean, I've that's had just... to live with. <laughs> <laughs> being a Led Zeppelin fan over the years, it's like, come on, man. Just yeah. the jocks like it. Yeah, it's cock rock. You don't have to thing. hang out with them. <laughs> they can you both can listen to the same music and not in the same space yeah thank god but it's just kind of funny like the thing like the things that made you angry as a kid or just so low stakes like no i was definitely angry about stuff like that yeah yeah uh i think i had a, a roommate in college who kind of had a similar mm-hmm. this guy who was also an insane clown posse fan whoa <laughs> like early on before anybody was a juggalo he was like a juggalo should we have him on as a guest I don't even know if I could ever find him. Okay. All right. He also never did laundry. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) His way of doing laundry was to have a pile of clothes under his bed, and then eventually the clothes on the bottom were clean. Get out. And I was like, that's not Not how that works. (laughs) (laughs) To take them to the laundromat and, like, watch them. Did you ever see him in clown makeup? No, no, no. He I, he he was never did that. He was okay. just a fan, just a juggalo. You're okay. Run of the mill, working class juggalo. He was juggalo in his heart. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. He had clown paint on his heart. He was. <laughs> he was a fun guy to hang out with, though. He just had a very <laughs> terrible taste in music. And uh, probably smelled bad. It didn't smell that bad, honestly. I think he had some like kind of Febreze or something. He oh, made. okay, okay. Because I the clothes, yeah. the, the the clothes kind of threw him. He was an okay roommate. He was just did not manage. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He had some things to figure out. Different folks, different <laughs> strokes. <laughs> We're all on our own journey, Mike. <laughs> yeah. What you call laundry? What I call yeah. What I call laundry? You uh, don't do. <laughs> 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 okay. Ah, uh, okay. All right. Go ahead. So my next thing mm-hmm. is uh, I want to talk about Stardust Ranch, which is an episode of Ghost Adventures that I shot years ago. Okay. So uh, I, sh- I should set this up. So this is a ranch where a guy had aliens visit him and abduct his wife weekly. Okay. So he told us that he killed 18 gray aliens with a samurai sword. It's probably more by now. Okay. Uh, he said that his wife would get abducted every week, so he'd have to hi- handcuff her to his bed. And oh boy! One night she was being pulled, like levitated out of the house. So okay. He grabbed his AK, Jesus. shot at the flying saucer, and then his wife like dropped in his arms. I mean, I don't know if this guy was full of shit, but maybe a little bit. <laughs> Did the wife was the wife on hand to be like, oh yeah, I was totally. I mean, yeah. So she told. This us- isn't a situation where she's being <laughs> held captive by a crazy she- guy. Like she's in the crazy with him. So okay. I don't, maybe one day I'll be able to play this clip in okay. public. But she told us that uh, one night they were going to dinner, mm-hmm. and he got in the car and drove away without her. Okay. About half an hour later, he calls her and says, uh-huh. "Look, listen to me. You got in the car with me, uh-huh. and we drove forever." And you wouldn't talk to me. I kept saying, what do you want for dinner? What do you want for dinner? And he said, she turned to him and said, in a low guttural voice, chicken. Whoa. (laughs) Then they got to the Wendy's and he was like, you're an alien. Get out of here. She ran into the bathroom and disappeared. Uh, This is just many uh, stories. There was a woman. And and the woman, I mean, I'm fascinated by the woman corroborating the stories. Oh, yeah, yeah. She was just like, oh, yeah, I get abducted all the time. Yeah, he handcuffs me to the bed, of course you know wouldn't you you know (laughs) 
So there was like a galactic commander lady who said that there was a portal in their fireplace. Wait, where'd she come from? She, uh, like somewhere in Arizona, but she had two Syrian bodyguards. And when we were like from Syria, she was like, no, the star is Sirius. <laughs> and their names were J and J. Of course they were made up to protect the real identities of the real Syrian bodyguards from Sirius. <laughs> oh my God. What did the bodyguards wear? Uh, I wouldn't, we don't know. Okay. Okay. We didn't get to meet though. We just got to meet this galactic commander. Her name was like Glenda or something. She was like, oh, I'm a galactic commander, but you can call me Glenda. It's like, oh, okay. Okay, what, what do we usually call galactic commanders? She, I don't know. She, she also had a sword of light, and she got struck by lightning in their yard through the sword. It was like bonkers. Like the whole episode was bonkers. Their house smelled like dogs. Okay. Um, it was just like really weird, but he was like an old roadie. Okay. Uh, from back in the day. So. Okay, that, I think that's starting to explain a lot. Okay. Yeah, and they were also mental health professionals, and we were just like, okay, well, maybe, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I'm With the whole aliens thing, I'm, I'm on the fence. Okay. I'm just okay. like, maybe something's out there. Maybe the truth is out there. But. Right. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Let me welcome our guest, Tom DeLong. Yeah. Tom DeLong. <laughs> yeah, Tom DeLong, who actually did find the aliens or whatever. He got them to release the files. Oh, that was already out. That, right. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I I feel like we should give him credit for something. Yeah. <laughs> Good for dedicating his life to a cause, for being passionate about something. Good for you, Tom. But, yeah, so he's trying to sell this ranch, mm -hmm. struggling, and he's asking like $6 million for his ranch, which is in Buckeye, Arizona, which uh -huh. is nowhere. It's like a bunch of acres. It's pretty big right. property. So, so I'm looking at, I was looking at the article you sent me, mm -hmm. and I'm kind of, I mean, I'm fascinated by the machete. Yeah. So oh, no, photo... that's the samurai sword. Yeah, okay, thank you, the samurai sword. A that photo... killed the aliens. Who he had a chunk of alien skin, he said, and he sent it to, to the like, I Okay, so I see a sword. I see yeah. blood on you know a surface. I don't see any alien skin. But well, I definitely wonder where that blood came from. So he had a chunk of an alien, he said. He sent it to a doctor who was like okay. his buddy. And then the doctor mysteriously died and never got to examine the chunk. <laughs> oh, here's a good... Here, This is a good... Uh... It's not something for a traditional family, but it holds a lot of secrets and what I believe are future opportunities to understand forces that are in the universe. That sounds like him. Please be very well grounded because the energy here has the tendency to manifest with whatever is going on with you. So he had a, he's only asking for $6 million. Okay. But I mean, if, if the ranch only reacts to the energy you bring, this guy's got some shit going on then. Yeah, I would think yeah. so. Yeah. It was crazy. It was a crazy shoot, but I'm not surprised that he can't sell it. But he wants mm -hmm. to use the fame that he got from Ghost Adventures to, to sell this ranch. Well, I wish him all the luck. Um, I wish him a lot of luck because he needs it. I wish him a lot of things. Like I, <laughs> <laughs> so much for him. Yeah, there's a, a lot night. I want. He for needs him. like a good night's sleep and like to yeah maybe eat a salad. Ooh. <laughs> okay. They actually levitated my wife out of the bed in the master chamber and yep. carried her into the parking lot and tried to draw her up into the craft. Mm -hmm. Ooh, can you hit the Unsolved Mystery? Wait, can, I'm going to oh, read yeah. this again. Can we uh, play the Unsolved Mysteries music? Okay, okay. Yeah, we, we, uh, let me bring that up. You can read this over the Unsolved Mysteries music. All right. So And stand by for it. And... Go ahead. They actually levitated my wife out of the bed in the master chamber 
and carried her into the parking lot and tried to draw her up into the craft, he said, according to the outlet. This is why I want to move. <laughs> this is why we gotta move. <laughs> All right, yeah. Reasonable. He said that in the past 20 years, he has experienced many strange events. Yeah, give me that. Give me that stack. Give okay. me that theme, that Unsolved Mystery theme. Cool. He said that in the past 20 years, he has experienced many strange events, in quotes, involving aliens and claims to have killed more than a dozen extra extraterrestrials on his sprawling ranch. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, you're feeling it now, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that was just some one lovely memory. <laughs> from my time at Ghost Adventures. So uh, let's move on. I'm excited that you can talk about it. Yeah, finally. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see <laughs> if they sue me. Okay, so my thing is um, Mitt Romney's burner account. Um, so on Sunday night, The Atlantic posted this or published this big story by the writer McKay Coppins, um, kind of positioning... Mitt Romney as like the iconoclast of the GOP, the one that's going to stand up to Trump. Right. You know, it's obviously kind of positioning Romney as this, the hero. And right, this is what he's supposed to be. Yeah, yeah, but it's also you know the very tepid rebukes that we come to. <laughs> he's like, oh well, that's er, that's er, funny. That's hmm. troubling. Hmm. <laughs> I don't care for that. His don't rebukes. care for it. Hmm. Well, he probably shouldn't have done that, but you know, nope. but yeah, what are you gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> pour yourself a glass of milk so wait he has a a mystery well no uh, oh wait, a mystery <laughs> turn it on wait, he has a mystery yes so keep it on okay. so um all right so he offhanded you really want me to leave yes okay, leave right. the unsolved mysteries on okay so but this is a solved mystery no all right you know what it's still a mystery <laughs> okay so this segment <laughs> it's called Solved Mystery. Solved Mystery. All right. Set in the mood. Woo. Okay. okay. So in the middle of the interview, he mentions that he has like a fake, you know, like a a lurker account on Twitter. A fake account. Yeah. <laughs> a fake account. <laughs> um, and it took Ashley Feinberg over at Slate, formerly of Gawker, literally a half hour to find the account. <laughs> Ashley Feinberg at yeah. Slate. Yes. Only took her. It took her less than half an hour. That's my rabbit. Oh, that's stack. a good stack. Yeah. That's good. It took her half an hour to find the account. Oh, that that dovetailed nicely with that yeah. dramatic ending for the theme. The mysterious anonymous Twitter account from <laughs> Mitt Romney, politician, man of mystery. Lobbing insults at the president. Human tofu. Lobbing insults. <laughs> Did I tell you that I um, saw him in the in the Salt Lake City Airport one time? No, do tell. Well, uh, uh, yes, please, yes, bring it up. <laughs> one time, uh, when I was shooting an episode of Ghost Adventures, <laughs> I saw Mitt Romney in the airport. He was probably catching a plane. To where? We'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> That's my story. <laughs> Probably do you say. Yeah, yeah. It works. The story works better uh, in Robert Stack voice. Yeah. Perhaps it's you. <laughs> At the end, when it's like, <laughs> perhaps someone out there who can solve a mystery. 
Perhaps it's you. Perhaps it's you. If you go on the Pluto TV app, there's a whole channel of Unsolved Mysteries, and I just, like, wild out. I love this. Yeah. But wait, what did he say? In the, oh, wait, like, what did so, he say okay, in the so first of all, you get to find, you get to realize what a big dork he is, because his yeah. fake name was um, Pierre Delecto, which I guess translates to Peter Delight. But it sounds uh-huh. like a fake name, like like if, like, Pepe Le Pew went on the lamb. Like Pierre he, Delecto? Yeah, like he'd be like Pierre Delecto. Does, but it doesn't have like a... There's no other character, maybe like a John le Carre novel or something <laughs> that has this... Like, it's just he picked this out of the blue? Like, why did he pick this name? I don't know, but like these guys always pick the dorkiest names. Like Carlos Danger. Yeah. And like... <laughs> But um no, but he just like like kind of like he'll argue like so under this fake account he's like arguing with people mm-hmm. <laughs> like Soledad O'Brien who I love on Twitter oh yeah yeah she just like roasts fools left and right and there was an article about how he's wavering if he was going to em- endorse Trump in twenty twenty and she says like oh Romney is no moral character yeah yeah and, and then he comes at her like actually he's the only Romney was the only one to. A po- you know, like stand up for the Mueller investigation, but so but it's funny. This Romney actually like yeah. <laughs> but like how hard is Bernie, that? <laughs> like his little burn burner account, like <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, he's like mansplaining him. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, Mitt Romney has the best hair of any the candidates <laughs> out there. Well, actually, Mitt Romney's very courageous. <laughs> very. He rides roller coasters. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to see uh, Democrats try that. <laughs> I, I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. <laughs> but then some of them, he, he would like some really messy tweets. Like, there were, there was, like, he liked some tweets calling out, like, Newt Gingrich for being a serial philanderer. Oh, Jesus. And for being a, just, like, kind of a scumbag hypocrite. And um, same with Lindsey Graham. Like, so it's... <laughs> and he just, like, like, liked this really messy tweet about Marco Rubio just looking ridiculous in a giant chair. <laughs> <laughs> Little Marco. Yeah, it's just, like, definitely just, like, uh, this tweet, like, <laughs> making fun of how small and, like, ineffectu- ineffectual he is. And it's like, damn. That's so funny. But it's just so funny, like, he couldn't, like, in the midst of this article positioning him as this courageous figure in the, Wait, in the party. Sarah. Continue. So, like, in the midst of this article that's positioning him as this courageous standard bearer in the party that's going to restore the GOP back to glory and stand up to Trump, like, he's just, like, this kind of sniveling coward liking messy tweets and, like, right. arguing under a fake name. Well, no, Romney's actually, uh... <laughs> Romney's actually very heroic. <laughs> actually, you don't know how heroic he, he is. One time... <laughs> Let me tell you a story yeah. I, I heard. <laughs> yeah, I heard he rides bikes without training wheels. <laughs> That's a lot of milk. My wife is showing me a bottle of breast milk. She just pumped. Delicious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think we're coming to the end of this. I think we are. This is good. It's good to see each other every week. I like doing this. This is very this fun. This is fun. It's fun. I like talking about what's on my mind. I can say things in more than 280 characters. I know. Twitter is so restrictive. Yeah. It's like a briefs. <laughs> <laughs> Restrictive. Yeah. <laughs> Constrict that they were constricting. Yeah, we No. Which one is it? Constrictive? Yeah. Like a boa constrictor? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna make that joke. Uh, so I think we're done. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> I'm Mike Gagino. I'm Maggie Sirota. Uh, Alright, go raise your kids, dude. I'm gonna go raise them. <laughs> <Very tight. laughs>
God bless. Bless. <laughs>